0: Seated. it's a simple image but somehow figuring out how the thorn of crowns represents a dominion that will always endure and brings to judgment the crown of rubies is the key not only today but probably for every day for us. Please pray with me. Lord, we have come to be with you. We confess that Christ is our King and yet it's hard for us to always know what that means. Help us understand today how you redefine that and so we pray that you would be in my words in all of our thoughts and even in the reading of your holy scriptures we pray this upon the name of our Lord and King Jesus Christ Almighty amen
1: the Old Testament reading comes from Prophet Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds who will shepherd them, And they shall not fear any longer, or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king, and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he shall be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The New Testament reading comes from the letters to the Colossians. Chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things And in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have the first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to him all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. May God bless this reading of his holy word.
0: So I had to look this up. I'm just telling you that. Here we go. 4K is defined as a display with 3,840 times 2,160 pixels. You, You with me? That means 4K displays have about three times the vertical resolution of 720p and more than eight times the total number of pixels. That's 8,294,400 Eight million two hundred and ninety four thousand four hundred versus nine hundred thousand twenty one six hundred. Now we film this service in four K, but we broadcast it in seven twenty P. Now, we broadcast it in 720p not because we are unable to broadcast it in 4K. It's that most people can't receive it at 4K. And so it's distorted, our transmission. It's reduced our transmission. The range of the organ. It is flattened. It is, in a way, seeing through a glass darkly, not seeing face to face. Now it's better than nothing. And for everyone who's watching online, 720 is pretty good. But if you have a chance to try us live, it's even better than 4K. But so much of our life, to stay with the analogy, is trying to come to terms with Jesus who is infinity K with our very poor receptors. And oftentimes what we do with our own receptors is we distort, diminish, flatten out. And we see only what we are prepared to see, not what is really there. We've just finished this wonderful time with the Barman Declaration, and there's so many different ways to think about it. But one of the ways I think about it is how the Barman Declaration sort of shines a light on the diffusion and distortion of our faith in Jesus, in order to accommodate the systems, including the prejudices of the day. And it's out there all over the place. That's one of the reasons why I think in the wisdom of the Presbyterian Church, the Barman Declaration isn't viewed simply as a historical document, but but actually as a gauge of health a gauge of reality. And so the focus for this homily is having, in the Barman Declaration, resolved not to fall for false prophets or corrupt shepherds. It's time to hone in, especially despite all the interference on the vibrant signal of Jesus Christ, that infinity K, Not the 720p culturally accepted version, the real thing. And the great thing is that we're equipped with a receiver, if you will, that constantly updates itself without you having to restart your system. It's called the Holy Spirit. And so we have the equipment. The question is, do we have the will? Do we have the will? Boy, Katriel did such a great job of reading Colossians. Um, I want you to hear it one more time in the way that I have framed it, but I hope that I can do justice to her reading. He, Jesus, has, uh, actually God, has rescued us from the power of darkness, And transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. He is the image. The image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. In him all things in heaven and earth. Were created. Things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile himself with all things, whether in earth or in heaven. How? By making peace. By making peace through the costly blood, the crown of thorns of the cross. Three things quickly I'd like to pull out for us to think about. The very first line, he has rescued us from the power of darkness. There is a tendency, I think, with our 720p systems, our minds and our culture, to hear he has rescued us and immediately put that into that dysfunctional triangle. Jesus is my rescuer. This is how it translates. Jesus rescued me so that I can go back to the very life where I am Lord of my life, and he's gotten me out of trouble. Sound familiar? That's not what this passage is saying. Let me go back. He has rescued us from the power of darkness, from the power of not seeing what God is doing, from the power of not doing what God is doing from the power of not being who God created us to be. What a miserable place to be. And try as we might, we can't do that for ourselves. Karl Barth said the best we can do, it's as if we are in a prison, is to put drapes on the windows. We can eke out a life of darkness and celebrate things like Thanksgiving and Christmas and go down south in the winter and watch the Zags game and make the best of it. But that's not what this passage is about. This passage is about leaving that realm. We are rescued from the power of darkness and, and this is what we forget, transferred. Transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. That is where we are. That is what we celebrate on Christ the King Sunday. No one can touch that. That's what the Barman Declaration was all about. That is the power of God. So what that means is that, yes, just like there are all sorts of people in our lives who help us get unstuck we don't keep them in that position if I have a friend who helps me push out of the snow I don't say will you always stay in my car in case I get stuck again we move on to what that friendship is really about that's why the dysfunctional triangle that we've talked ad nauseum about and that is worked by our society and politicians is part of the darkness that Christ is rescuing us from. So that's one thing. Second thing, did you notice this? All things. All things in heaven and earth. All things. All means all. All things. So these divisions that we continue to see are not real in Jesus Christ. Period. They're not part of his kingdom. We have been transferred into a realm where divisions do not exist. Period. Because all things in heaven and earth were created, visible and invisible, no matter what they are. Notice the political language. Thrones are dominions or rulers. All things have been created through him and for him. Now, do all things recognize the lordship of Jesus Christ? No. But all things were created through him and for him. Does that mean that Jesus is working on all things? Yes. That's how we can love our enemies. Because Jesus is working in all things. Right? To think otherwise is to go back into the darkness. The darkness is depressing. Have you ever read your newspaper? It's depressing, isn't it? I think people buy it to be depressed. I mean, we buy it to understand the news. But we, you know, the whole assumption is that we're here alone. That there is no lordship of Jesus Christ. That's a pretty depressing place to be. But if we're transferred into a different realm... Could it be that what we see happening in Iran is part of the work of the living Christ? It's Pretty scary, isn't it? People are being jailed and they're going to their death. What type of cross does our king wear? I mean, what type of crown does our king wear? Could it be? Well, wait a minute. They're not Christians. What does the text say? All. All things. All is all. And then third, in him, God was pleased to reconcile in himself, there's that phrase again, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by doing what? Making peace. How strange it is that one of the traditions in the Christian church, is to celebrate Christ the King Sunday anticipating Jesus coming back and destroying everyone we don't like. Where does that come from? I know the triangle, the darkness, the inability to actually read the text, a closeness to what? our receiver that updates itself all the time, the Holy Spirit. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, a king who dies on the cross must be a king of a rather strange kingdom. We've been transferred into a strange kingdom. How awesome is that? Danjuma Gibson, a professor of pastoral care at Calvin Theological Seminary, says this. Commonly, when we talk about Christian hospitality, it's limited to people we invite to join us in our faith gatherings. But such invitations tend to be limited. Read, tend not to have the word all in them. Have cultural or social boundaries that protect us from being too influenced or affected by the other. Are time limited? and allow us to foster relationships where we remain in power. But the concept of the neighbor is different. He's talking here about Jesus, talking about loving our neighbor. It implies a deeper level of intimacy. It implies a community where people are more vulnerable to each other. It implies a community where the boundaries of being influenced by the other are lower where the community um, inhabitants are co-creators of the spaces in which we develop as human beings, for better or for worse, and where we are spiritually, culturally, and socially formed, for better or for worse. Simply put, we generally don't like the neighbors that remind us that life is fragile and that we are vulnerable. And then this is what I would add. Unless, unless we sharpen our vision and our receptor to Jesus, who is infinity K. Happy Christ the King Sunday. Amen.